podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on social media at FPL General. Game week 16 is done and dusted, and we've got some time to catch our breath this week with no midweek FPL action. There is European games though, so be patient with those transfers if you can be. The next FPL deadline is on Friday, 6.30pm UK time, which is 90 minutes before Nottingham Forest versus Tottenham kicks off. Hopefully Son Hyung-min and Pedro Porro will do the business in that one again. In today's episode, the running order will be a quick review of Game Week 16, a look at the player minutes from the weekend, a watchlist update, stats that caught my eye, listener questions, and we'll finish with an early look at captaincy and potential transfers for the weekend, possibly one of the trickiest transfer decisions of the season so far. There will be another episode on Friday, so make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening for that episode. A quick review of Game Week 16. It was another firefighting exercise with the free transfer. Selney injured Brian Mbumo, brought in Cole Palmer, which he was always going to come in probably this week rather than last week. So not too worried about the blank. Frustrating to see him get a yellow card. He's on four yellows now like a lot of other players, so hopefully he can behave himself for another few weeks. Players need to get through the first 19 games uh, without getting five yellow cards to avoid that suspension. Just just a few more games to go for those that are on four. So Palmer hopefully will do well with Chelsea's good fixtures to come. Finished on 66 points, went from 158k into the top 100k to 75k so things are going very well the wild card is still available so i'm feeling good about the season there wasn't a huge amount of points from loads and loads of players it was more about big performances from a few captain Haaland didn't turn up had the vice captaincy on salah for 26 good example this week of always giving your vice captaincy some thought because sometimes they are needed. Hyungman Son came through with 17. Pedro Porro, who was brought in last week with another five-pointer, could have been even more if it wasn't for that late clean sheet wipeout. Elsewhere, Julian Alvarez, another frustrating performance as an owner. You know, without Haaland, I had high hopes that Alvarez would be in the goals, but it was just an assist, and his time is probably getting short in my FPL team. Those blanks for goalkeeper Johnston, and he went off injured, so that's a concern. Gabriel and Shimakis also blanked, as did Palmer and Anthony Gordon. Watkins did nothing either. But looking at the team for next game week, a lot of the players who blanked in game week 16 have much better fixtures in game week 17. Unfortunately this week, again, there is no new members joining the 59th Minute Club. But as always, we take a look at the minutes as they could help us with our decisions in the near future. James Milner and Baleba at Brighton were the closest. They were just under. They made 58-minute appearances. Lamina at Wolves just about made it to 60 minutes. Anthony Martial, another very disappointing season for him so far, 55 minutes. Semenyo, who's looked really good every time I've watched Bournemouth this season, but he does come off early very often. And again, 57 minutes at the weekend. Rhys James... 
those who were tempted to get him soon, James has done yourself a favour and got himself injured before you buy him because that's what would have happened when you bought him anyway. James, never go there. Don't go through the stress. Don't waste the transfer. Bring him in to sell him again a couple of weeks later. Reese James only played 27 minutes. Caldwell was benched. He came on for Reese James and actually played 63 minutes, so would have got the clean sheet had Chelsea have kept one, but of course they didn't. Question on Caldwell later. Chelsea goalkeeper Sanchez also picked up an injury, so Johnston injured, Sanchez injured. We had Nick Pope injured recently as well, so goalkeepers are falling like flies these days. Johnston with 86 minutes. There was half-time substitutions for Edward and Leon Bailey, both with injury concerns as well. It's the time of year for injuries. Kudus at West Ham, terrible performance from West Ham, losing 5-0. Kudus only managed 64 minutes. Isak also only managed 64 minutes because Callum Wilson is now fit. He came off the bench. That, to me, kills off both options FPL-wise. I don't like the rotation between those two, so I can't see myself buying either, unless there's another injury to one or the other. Calvert-Lewin, 67 minutes. Again, a player I find very hard to trust for fitness at this time of year. Martinelli off early again after 70 minutes. And at Liverpool, Soboslai and Darwin Nunes both played 74 minutes. A watch list update now ahead of game week 17. Players removed, first of all. Quite a lot of change on the watch list this week, actually. Harry Maguire's gone. He wasn't there for very long. I said a couple of times recently he's a fine, cheap option for the bench or maybe in a rotation with someone else if the fixtures match up. But just don't really want any Manchester United players at the moment. They tempted us in game week 15, and then they reminded us in game week 16 what the true Manchester United is at the moment. So Maguire is gone. Garnacho has gone as well. You know, he's a fine, cheap differential, but there's plenty of better midfielders in FPL this season. Matoma is also gone. I think I added him last week. On the bench again, came on at half time. Some good underlying numbers in the second half, but give me players that are going to start games and play as close to 90 minutes as possible, please. So Matoma does not tick that box. Raheem Sterling is also gone from the watch list. It's more so because I have Cole Palmer and I think I'm unlikely to double up on the Chelsea attack. Sterling was benched as well. Maybe some concern there now, longer term, when Nkunku comes back. You know, Will Sterling get a huge amount of minutes? I still think he will be first choice, but it was concerning to see him on the bench. And obviously he's not getting a huge amount of attacking returns anyway. So I think I said last week, I do like Sterling as a differential for Chelsea's good run of fixtures. But there is a question about Chelsea later as to whether they're a trap, even with those good fixtures. So for me, when it comes to midfielders, I'm happy with Palmer and I'm not interested in Sterling. I'm pretty sure Sterling is on four yellow cards as well, like Palmer. Darwin Nunes is gone from the watch list. It was about three game weeks ago when a lot of people bought him. was the time where I was very tempted to get him as well from Watkins. Didn't do it. And now that that period is over, happy Watkins owner for good fixtures coming up. Darwin will not be coming in and have removed Isak as well for the reasons mentioned earlier. More importantly, which players have been added to the watch list for this Christmas period? Udogi at Tottenham. 
already own Poro, but I'm not against a double up in defence when there is very few clean sheets to find this season. Even players like Gabriel, Saliba, Shimakas are not doing much for us in our teams. Why not get someone like Nudogi who pops up in the box scoring goals for a very attacking Tottenham side who have good fixtures. So Udogi is back in my thoughts, as is Pau Torres at Aston Villa. What a season they are having. Pau Torres, a very important cog in their defence. Really good player. Goal threat as well. He's got two so far this season and always looks good when I watch Aston Villa. Cash was the best Aston Villa defender at the start of the season. He is no longer an option because he's not in the starting 11 these days and always a bit of a rotation risk. So someone like a Pau Torres, maybe even a Consa. Diego Carlos was excellent at the weekend. So I think Carlos is the cheapest. Might even be 4.4. I think Pau Torres is 4.6. Consa is probably bang in the middle at 4.5. So at the moment... Pau Torres is the safest route in to that defence. Luka Dean is suspended for the next game. Martinez is a decent option in goal as well, who performed very well. I think got a 10-pointer at the weekend. But certainly Pau Torres feels like a steady Eddie. Good pick for the long term, probably, uh, even if it's a rotation. He, you know, having an Aston Villa defender is certainly not a bad idea this season, given that they're near the top of the league. Another defender added, probably chasing points with this one. Shout out to David Mundy, who somehow had him in his team this week. Senesi at Bournemouth. Back-to-back goals for Senesi. I think he's only 4.3 million. So again, when there's not many good defenders anywhere in the league this season, we could be going very, very cheap soon right across the board. Maybe, you know, one premium or a Poro and loads of cheapies or a Trippier and lots of cheapies or something like that. So players like Senesi, absolutely fine. Bournemouth are a much better team now than they were in the first seven or eight game week. So Senesi is added to the watch list. So is his teammate Tavernier. I've been playing the Fantasy Scotland game for three or four years now and Tavernier's brother at Rangers is an auto-captain every week. He plays right back, he takes penalties, he gets loads of assists, he gets loads of goals, he scores about 20 goals a season as a defender. So it, it makes captaincy in Fantasy Scotland redundant because if you don't captain him, you basically fall behind week after week. But it might be time to get his brother in FPL. He's, again, playing on a very attacking Bournemouth side. He's taken set pieces and just looks a really good player as well. So again, there's a lot of midfielders added to the watches this week from teams like Bournemouth and Everton and a couple of players from Spurs as well that are lesser owned. But it, it always comes back to are they going to force their way in when we've got Son, Saka, you know, Palmer, Gordon? It's very hard to have these midfielders when we do only have five slots. Some people only have four if they're playing in a 3-4-3 formation. But certainly someone like a Tavernier as a differential is worth considering now. Similarly, Decoury at Everton. He just keeps doing it. He keeps popping up in the box. He keeps getting goals. I think he's 5.5 million. And I would rate Decoury probably higher than Tavernier as an option. He's just he's done it before in FPL throughout the years. He just has that knack of of popping up in good positions. He's not the cleanest striker of a ball. He's not the most natural finisher, but he's finding a way and he's in the positions. And Everton are just ticking along very nicely. So Decoury again, another cheap option for our midfields. Another player added, and this is with one eye on when I do wildcard. If I ended up in a three four three formation 
and I needed a very cheap fifth midfielder for the bench. McAtee at Sheffield United is 4.4 million. He was on the score sheet. I think that was his first league goal of the season, but he had a very good campaign last year for Sheffield United in the Championship. Scored plenty of goals. So at 4.4, somebody who can come off your bench, as he did for a few people this week, is a decent option. And I've got more love for Sheffield United now that Chris Wilder is back in charge. Good to see them get a victory. Brennan Johnson and Kulisevsky have been added to the watch list. I've got Son, I've got Poro. And watching Tottenham destroy Newcastle, I just came away from that game thinking, I want a third Tottenham player. So is that going to be Udzogi in defence? Or is it going to be a double attack? Someone like a Brennan Johnson, who's looked excellent in recent games, lots of good chances, been very close to points, but not quite converting it. And Kulisevsky's been really, really good recently as well. Again, maybe not a huge amount of FPL points, but certainly lots of potential there. So very going to keep a very close eye on Johnson and Kulisevsky. And when it comes to wildcard, one of those guys could well make it as a differential pick in midfield. Final player added this week. Very happy to add Raul, Raul Jimenez back to the watch list after a couple of seasons. An absolute legend in FPL when Wolves were promoted. Himself and Matt Doherty used to link up every week for goals and assists he's back in the goals recently great header at the weekend only 5.2 million so if you're looking to free up funds for other positions Fulham scoring lots and lots of goals good underlying numbers last couple of game weeks which we'll talk about soon Raul Jimenez is a very decent FPL option now As always, on a Monday morning, I spend half an hour or so in the Fantasy Football Scout members area looking at the stats from the weekend to see how it matches up with the old eye test. The numbers I've taken away from this week, Trent Alexander-Arnold created six chances for Liverpool. If you've had him for the last four or five game weeks, well done. Plenty of us who don't have him would love to, and it's obviously very, very hard to get there. I still don't think he's a must-have pick. But maybe if a certain Mr. Halland was to miss a couple of games, it opens a door financially for players like Trent Alexander-Arnold. Pedro Porro, another very impressive performance. Three chances created and three goal attempts as well. If you don't have him, he is one of the best defensive picks in the game to go for at the moment. I would prioritise him as a defensive transfer if you don't already have him. Pascal Gross, six chances created and four goal attempts, but it was against Burnley, so I'm not going to get overly excited about that, but Pascal Gross is having a pretty good season. Adingra, who somehow seems to play every game for Brighton, four chances created and three shots in the box and got himself on the score sheet. Kulisevsky at Tottenham and Andreas Pereira at Fulham both created five chances, so very good numbers for those two. And Sarabia at Wolves, who is only 4.7 million, created four chances. Hopefully he can secure a place in that starting 11. He's got a lot more minutes recently. Matoma, five shots in the box in 45 minutes. If he's on the pitch, he's a great option. But I really don't like Deserbi for his rotation. Jared Bowen, four goal attempts, three shots in the box. So despite West Ham losing 5-0... Jared Bowen came away from this one looking good. 0.94 expected goal involvement. He had a couple of very good chances in that game. If you have him, you hold him. And I still think he's an option to buy as well. Youngman's son, four shots in the box and four chances created. Like Poro, if you don't own son, very good fixtures coming up. Should be a priority to try and get him. Dukuri, Saka and Salah 
all had three shots in the box. So it's not just the Curry's goal that wasn't his only shot in the box. He had two more as well. So good numbers as usual. And Sack and Salah, nothing to worry about if you own those two players. More so for me, when you don't own Saka, he is a player to worry about every week. The last couple of weeks, every weekend, you look at the players who are the most danger to you and it's Trippier and Saka so thankfully Trippier is suspended for the next one so I don't need to worry about him but Saka he's always up there as one of my most wanted players it's very hard to fit him in because I'm in a 3-4-3 not going to lose Salah not going to lose Saka sorry not going to lose Son I should say not Saka I would love to have Saka but hopefully soon he will be in my team but he might have to wait until the wild card Archer those who have him I still think he's a good option. He's probably a better option now with the managerial change. Archer created four chances at the weekend, which caught the eye looking at the numbers. Solanke, who is one of the best forward picks in the game now. I remember saying a couple of weeks ago, I can't see myself going for a Solanke, but he's made me eat my words because he keeps doing it. Bournemouth keep doing it, and he's got good underlying statistics. So I've changed my mind on that one, and I'm very much open to buying Solanke now. Five shots in the box. And two big chances. And Cunha at Wolves, who's been on the watch list for a few weeks. Five goal attempts, four shots in the box against Nottingham Forest. So those are a few numbers to hopefully help you with your decisions this week. Before I get stuck into listener questions, a quick Patreon plug. FPL content creation is my full-time job. It has been for five years now. I'm very lucky to be able to say that. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support it and me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general, where you'll get ITS podcasts, Thursday night live streams, Q&As, team reveals and more. First question this week is from William Bain. It seems there is only one question. What is the Haaland plan? So... It's early days, it's Monday, we definitely need to be patient this week if we own Erling Haaland. Those who don't own him maybe are feeling smug, but maybe not so if they didn't have Salah for the captaincy at the weekend. But overall, it's a wait and see on Haaland. I think the comments from Pep were, I think he went out of his way to say it wasn't a stress fracture. He said it more so there was some kind of, you know, just stress in his foot. Basically, we don't know what's happening. Um, said he wasn't able to walk a couple of days ago but then Haaland came to him and said he was able to walk and there was no pain so it's all up in the air and we don't really know what the real story is so the scenario we are in Crystal Manchester City have a great fixture against Crystal Palace in the next game week so you really want Haaland to be fit for that one but then they've got the blank after that they've got Everton away which is not an easy fixture these days you know, plenty of clean sheets there for Everton recently. And then in game me 20, it's Sheffield United at home for Manchester City. So again, those Crystal Palace in 17 and Sheffield United in game me 20 is really game weeks where you'd want to own and probably captain Erling Haaland. So every team is different here. If you don't have a wild card available, you're probably going to have a big decision to make. Do you just hold them and hope for the best and maybe, you know, start them? against Palace but maybe don't captain and let a sub come in if need be if you're in my scenario and you do have a wild card it's very tempting to lose him lose him for Palace he's gone for the blank game week maybe even survive without him against Everton away and then if it's a game week 20 wild card bring him back in for Sheffield United obviously you could wild card the week before game week 19 to bring him back in as well so it's going to be a very interesting week FPL wise in terms of what do we do with Erling Haaland? And there's no point 
talking about it too much yet because we need more information. Hopefully we do get some by the time I record the podcast on Friday before the Friday deadline. Hopefully we'll be able to cover this in more detail. So I will come back to Haaland on that episode with, you know, what do we do in scenario A, B and C. If there is bad news and he's ruled out, at least of this game week, I think if he's ruled out a 17 or he's a huge doubt, you probably can't lose him because he's got the blank the week after. And then the question is, where do you go? If you don't have Watkins or, or if you sold him recently, that's the obvious move. Get Watkins back in. Don't overthink it. And then I think Solanke is probably the next best. Uh, good numbers, good returns, good fixtures, good team. Uh, obviously, if you have two frees, some people might lose Haaland, downgrade him big time. If you don't have Son, if you don't have Salah, if you don't have Saka, you probably go that route. But the big one is, if we do end up selling him on Friday, the most important thing is, think, how am I going to get him back? Am I going to leave cash in the bank to do so? Or am I going to lose a big player in a couple of weeks' time to get him back in? So very, very interesting. I won't waste too much time talking about him because, like I said, we need more information and we'll come back to that on Friday. Question from Sean Henderson. Transferred in Sanchez for Johnston. Now he seems to be injured. Who would your replacement be? Doesn't seem like there is a standout at the moment. Yeah, very unlucky those who went Sanchez last week to pick up the injury. Obviously, we don't know yet how bad that injury is. Maybe he'll be okay. So keep an eye on that on Thursday and Friday in the pressers. If you need to sell Sanchez or if you're a Johnston owner like me and he gets ruled out for a while... Other people maybe still have Nick Pope. Areola owners will just have to sell him soon anyway, regardless because of the results and the lack of clean sheets. Where do we go for goalkeepers? So this changes every week, but I still think Dubravka, because of his price, is up there as probably the best one. And now that Turner got a start for Nottingham Forest, you could go Dubravka-Turner because if Turner keeps his place now, which he could, then... You've got Turner to fall back on in the worst case scenario that if Newcastle sign a goalkeeper in January, at least you've got another one which buys you a little bit of time, maybe to free up a bit of cash then to get a different goalkeeper. So I still think if I was wildcarding this week, for example, I probably would go Dubravka-Turner, just spend the minimum and put the cash elsewhere in the squad. Other goalkeepers that I like, Leno at Fulham at 4.7 million is now the number one point scoring goalkeeper in FPL and it doesn't come as a surprise because he had a very good season last year he's got the most bonus of all goalkeepers which I think is 10 in total so Leno's just a good goalkeeper you can plug in and leave him all season and he should return a good value for money Neto at Bournemouth has emerged because they've improved he's only 4.5 so maybe if you can't afford Leno and you don't want Dubravka or you maybe tripled up on Newcastle already or maybe you just don't really want Newcastle picks because they look tired at the moment and they're short of players Pickford at 4.4 a lot of people were there at the start of the season and it's only recently that he's actually started to become a decent option and then you've got Martinez at Aston Villa at 5 million you know maybe you just spend a little bit extra by a goalkeeper, a very good goalkeeper from a very good team and maybe the 5 million will give you good value there as well. So overall there is options, Dubravka, Leno, Neto, Pickford and Martinez I think are all fine options but for me I'm still leaning towards the cheapest combo of Dubravka and Turner. When it comes to the transfers later I'll talk about it but if Haaland's okay I think I'd probably be making a goalkeeper transfer this week because I've got Johnson, who's possibly injured, is injured, just don't know for how long. 
and I've got Turner but don't really want to play him against Tottenham so I might take a goalkeeper punt for a couple of weeks before I wildcard because the wildcard is probably looking like game week 19 or game week 20 for me at this stage question about that soon Another goalkeeper question from FPL Tom. For managers who have the Johnston Areola double up with no free transfers, is it worth taking a minus four for Dubravka? And if so, which player would you lose? So yeah, if you don't if you're looking into the prospect like a lot of people were last week of having no goalkeeper, then minus four is absolutely fine. Get the goalkeeper switched on, take the minus four hits and move on with your life and your FPL life. Johnston Areola. If you are going to sell one of them, I think you sell Johnston because it frees up more cash than selling Areola does. And that could come in handy for the next transfer that you make in the future. So Dubravka for a minus four, absolutely fine. The next three fixtures for Newcastle are better than the recent ones. They've got Fulham, Luton and Nottingham Forest. So it feels like an okay time to take a minus four for a Dubravka. Question from FPL Odo. Shopping for a defender. Have three names in mind at the moment in Colwell, Liveramento and Pau Torres, but I don't feel excited at all. Already own Shimakas, Saliba and Pedro Porro. So good that you've got Porro in there already. I was looking at the goalkeepers, not the goalkeepers, the defenders on the FPL website yesterday. I sorted it by ownership. And I was looking at the top seven or eight defenders for ownership. And I went through the list and I thought to myself, for almost each one of them, no interest at the moment. So it's a very odd season. The highest owned defenders are not necessarily fantastic FPL picks at the moment. I don't think Porro was in the top seven or eight. He was probably ninth or tenth in terms of ownership. But that's going to change very quickly. He could shoot right to the top over the next couple of game weeks because of his recent performances and the fixtures as well. So the question was about Colwell, Liveramento or Pau Torres. So Liveramento, I mean, he's definitely going to play this week because Trippier's suspended, so he'll play left or right. He'd probably play right this week, you would imagine, with uh, Hall probably coming in at left back. Pau Torres, we mentioned earlier, I really like him as a steady pick, kind of long term. You could obviously go Conza there instead, or even a Diego Carlos, but to me, Torres feels the safest. Colwell, everybody, not not everybody, but a lot of people were eyeing him up this week, me included, because this is when Chelsea's fixtures really turn for the better. But he was benched, which gives me slight pause. But I do still expect him to come in and start the majority of games. So I still like Colwell as an option. But maybe Pau Torres is the answer. Maybe Aston Villa, you know, obviously a much better team than Chelsea this season so far. So I probably would go Pau Torres over Colwell. And probably over Liveramento at the moment as well. Um, but yeah, Liveramento probably is still a good option. But it's just it's hard to look past Villa at the moment. FPL Bafana's question is related. Are Chelsea's common good fixtures on paper potentially a trap like they were at the beginning of the season? So other than Carlton Palmer, shall we steer clear from the Blues? I love that Bafana has called Cole Palmer Carlton Palmer here. I'm guessing Bafana has, uh, is a bit older than me possibly and enjoyed watching Carlton Palmer back in his playing days. So Cole Palmer, I do think, is still a great pick if you don't have him. He'd be near the top of the shopping list for me. Four yellows is a concern, but you don't let that stop you. You just get him and you hope that he doesn't get one in the next couple of games. Get through 19 fixtures and then he should be fine. Are Chelsea's fixtures a trap? So I think they could be. I've got Palmer and I might just leave it at that. I'm not in a mad dash to get more Chelsea players. 
scarred from the start of the season, as Bafana mentioned here. But when you look at the numbers as well, expected goals conceded, Chelsea ranked 10th. So nothing special there whatsoever when you think about their defenders and their goalkeeper. And obviously they might not have Sanchez now as well, so that potentially weakens them. Although maybe it strengthens them if the backup is better because I don't think Sanchez is the best goalkeeper in the league. In terms of XG, Chelsea ranked fourth in the league, so that's much better than their expected goals conceded numbers. But they are 12th in the Premier League with just 19 points. 26 goals scored, 26 goals conceded. Fixtures are good though. Sheffield United, Wolves, Crystal Palace, Luton, Fulham. I say they're good, but when you look at it in more detail, Sheffield United, new manager, performing better. Wolves, good team, score goals. Crystal Palace, okay, that's probably a good one with all the injury issues they have. Luton away, that hasn't been easy for anyone recently. Then you've got Fulham who are scoring a lot of goals. So maybe Chelsea are a trap. And like I said, I've got Palmer and that might be it. I'm not in a rush. I certainly wouldn't be tripling up on Chelsea for the fixtures. Question from Barakas. Would you recommend bringing in Poro in place of Shimakis? And what would you do? And would you do it for a minus four? Yeah, I don't mind that. I, I own Shimakis, but I'm always concerned about him starting. I always sweat over the Liverpool team sheet. And looking at the fixtures for Liverpool as well, I don't see a huge amount of clean sheets because the next four they play Manchester United, Arsenal, Burnley and Newcastle. So Burnley's good. Manchester United is probably good as well, but don't like Arsenal and Newcastle in there. So Shimakis for me, if I wildcarded this week, again, I say that a lot, but I'm probably not going to do it. If I did, I'm not sure Shimakis would survive. I'd probably remove him for some of the other players I mentioned earlier. So Poro, prioritise him. And I don't even mind it for a hit because if you think about Poro in the next four against Forest, Everton, Brighton and Bournemouth, there's going to be attacking returns in there. So I would back him to outscore Shimakis by more than four points over that spell. Question from Shirts of Arsenal. Is it worth taking a minus four to get Sun? And also, should I do it now because I won't have any money in the bank if there is a price change? Yeah, again, like Poro, Sun, fine to take a minus four to get him. Obviously, depends who you are selling him for. I wouldn't sell Salah, for example. I wouldn't sell Saka. But if you can get him in somewhere else somehow for a minus four absolutely fine given those fixtures i just mentioned and given what he's capable of on any given day good to see tottenham finally get a penalty and sudden step up and score it and if you do have 0.0 in the bank if it's for a player like sun i don't mind moving early but in a week like this where there's uncertainty over halland and stuff like that you know you might you might need to wait on that one so so just be careful if you do own Haaland because it might be a case you might get to Friday we might get news that Haaland's out for a while and then you can get the sun much more easily even with price changes question from FPL Brooklyn Everton and Fulham seem to have found some form is it for real if so who from those teams should we consider so there is plenty of options here lots of good cheap FPL picks Pickford and Leno, we mentioned earlier, two decent goalkeeper options. I do prefer Leno. Branthwaite is suspended for the next game, but when he's back, good cheap option. Mikalenko's got attacking potential. Tarkowski's a steady Eddie who plays every game. Dukuri's a good option. Dwight McNeil's looked good recently as well. A lot of Everton, Everton players here, not as many Fulham. Andreas Pereira, I think he's 5.3, but again, does he fit into our midfields? Probably not. Raul Jimenez, good option, but again, does he fit into our strike forces? Probably not. Calvert-Lewin, I said earlier, I don't really trust him for minutes and fitness. So there is options. Is the form sustainable? Had a look at some numbers. 
Everton are 10th this season for expected goals. Fulham are 14th. Fulham are 14th for XG this season, but they are first for XG for the last four game weeks when they played West Ham, Forest, Liverpool and Wolves. So very impressive recently. So to me, when I think of these teams, I think of Everton for defensive picks, maybe Dukuri. And for Fulham, I think of attacking picks and maybe Leno as a goalkeeper pick. The next four for Fulham. Newcastle, Burnley, Bournemouth and Arsenal. And in terms of Everton, Everton are fifth for expected goals conceded. So very impressive defensive numbers. That's why I prefer their defensive assets more so than their attackers. Everton fifth for expected goals conceded, while Fulham are way down in 16th. So I don't like Fulham defenders apart from the goalkeeper. Question from Simon King. Looking at the blank game week, I'm likely to need my third forward, currently Archer. Is he good enough to just play that week against Villa? Or who are some of the other sub-6 million forwards to get instead? Simon mentions Jimenez, Calvert-Lewin and Semenyo. I'm going to throw in Cunha as well at Wolves, 5.7. I like Cunha more than Semenyo. I also like him more than Calvert-Lewin because those two don't get 90 minutes very often. Jimenez, good option. But I think if you have Archer, I wouldn't use a transfer to go from Archer to one of those guys. I'd probably just keep him and he's fine to use that week and then he goes back on your bench afterwards. It's likely that you've got other fires to fight. It's 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 a very luxurious transfer to be able to go Archer to someone like Rel Jimenez or Cunha. So I'd probably just keep him, roll the transfer or use it somewhere else. Final question is from Waswa Eusebius. When to play the wild card? So Waswa obviously has it still available like myself. I say the same thing every week. I'm taking it week by week. I don't have a plan. I look at my team every week and think, does it need a wild card or does it not? I look at it this week. If Haaland's okay, I don't think I need to wild card. Probably just make a goalkeeper transfer. But there's other teams out there that are in much worse condition than mine. Um, you know, a few people picked up suspensions in the most recent game week. Players like Trippier, uh, Charlie Taylor, Douglas Louise. If you own a few of those guys and you have a wild card available, I can totally understand why you would do it this week. And I don't think. I don't think it's. I think it's absolutely fine to wildcard this week for game week seventeen, as it is for nineteen or twenty. So I've seen a lot of the analytics guys who I follow on Twitter. A lot of them were planning to wait until game week nineteen, and a lot of them seem to have pulled the trigger now this week. So that tells you that the algorithms and AI and all that kind of jazz are suggesting that this week is as good as any to wildcard if you still have it available but team dependent as always and when I look at my team on Monday I think I can still survive until game week 19 or game week 20. A couple of reasons as well why I think I can wait so Mbumo's already gone for most people anyway uh, he had the blank in game week 18, Haaland could be gone now too and double game week 20 is looking increasingly unlikely so I think that's why that's one of the main reasons why people are probably wildcarding now instead of waiting until 19 or 20 part of the wildcard attraction was probably you know attacking that double game week but as the weeks pass, pass by it's increasingly unlikely that we will get a double game week 20 because they need to give the fans plenty of notice and they're running out of time to do so. So for me, it's still looking like either Game Week 19 or Game Week 20 activation. Moving on to Game Week 7 captaincy. Obviously, Haaland fitness dependent. If Haaland was okay, 
he would be a great captaincy candidate at home to Crystal Palace. If Haaland is ruled out, is Alvarez one of the best captaincy candidates against Crystal Palace? As an owner, I'm going to say no. He's an extremely frustrating FPL pick to own. You would think playing up front for Manchester City, he would walk into goals, but he doesn't. He still drops deep and I just he's just not a fantastic FPL pick and He's probably been in my team a little bit too long, given his returns recently. He's ticking along, but he's not, you know, producing huge amounts of returns. Uh, probably he probably will survive though, especially if there's doubts over Haaland. I think it would be silly for me to sell Alvarez, especially when I've got other issues to deal with. So Alvarez will be in the captaincy conversation if there's no Haaland to choose from, but I don't think I will do it. Mohamed Salah, captain against Manchester United, I think is a great option better than Alvarez. Hyungman Son also, great captaincy candidate against Nottingham Forest, as is Saka against Brighton. You've got Watkins away to Brentford, and you've got Solanke at home to Luton. So for me, most likely Salah against Manchester United. I think I expect Liverpool to turn up and turn us over pretty easily. If Bournemouth can beat us 3-0, almost 4-0, then Liverpool could cause us a lot of damage. And Salah enjoys playing against Manchester United. So, Haaland fitness dependence. If we got very good news on Haaland, I probably would captain him. If not, it will be Salah. We'll come back to the captaincy on Friday, and we'll stick a poll on Twitter to get an idea of what people are going to do. The bus team, before any transfers are made... I've got Turner in goal, but like I said, that might change. I might make a goalkeeper transfer. Poro, Gabriel, Shimakis. Don't feel great any week these days, really, about Gabriel and Shimakis, but, I mean, who else do you buy? Salah, Son, Gordon and Palmer. That's good. The cheaper guys have good fixtures this week. Up front, hopefully Haaland, Alvarez and Watkins. My very early transfer thoughts on Monday morning. If Haaland gets ruled out, probably just make a straight switch to Solanke, who plays Luton, Forest, and Fulham, which is a nice little spell before I play my wild card. I was this week before Game Week 16 happened. I had I moved on the Thursday night for Cole Palmer because I wanted to save 0.1 because I had 2.1 million in the bank which would allowed me this week to make a straight swap from Gabriel to Trippier. But now Trippier is suspended. Obviously, I will not be making that move this week. Other option, if Haaland's okay or if there's doubts over him, I'll just keep him. So I think Johnston to Dubravka would be a good use of my free transfer. I could obviously go for one of the other goalkeepers mentioned earlier, Neto, Leno, Pickford, etc. But I do like Dubravka as a cheap option. And then I could just bench Turner because I do not want to start him against Tottenham. And I've noted down here, why not play the wild card? Again, I think the team's fine. I went through the bus team there. I don't think my team specifically needs it this week and it's been doing absolutely fine without it. So I'm going to hold off a little bit longer and like I said, probably 19 or 20. But who knows, by the time I record on Friday, it could be activated. We'll see what happens, Champions League and Europa League and all that kind of stuff. If there's one or two, you know, one or two more injuries and if there's bad news in Haaland, then maybe I will play it this week. But I will not be activating it until later in the week at least. Thank you for taking the time to listen, folks. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you again on Friday. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can simply buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. Anyone who does that gets sent an invite to join my FPL Discord server. Talk to you soon, folks. Podcast Network.